This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I love being of service to others. I realize that's my love language. It's really the impact that we have on other people that makes our lives really rewarding. And so I'm one of those people, if you look lost in the city, I'm going to try my best to give you directions. Like, I want to assist you. I want to make the experience amazing. I want you to not feel lost or confused, but feel informed and ready, you know? Previously, in Greater Boston. That's my brother. Let me talk to him. Now. You don't want to do this right now. Not while you're so angry. Come on, buddy. Let's go hunt some rats. Where does this leave me exactly? I'll help him pack up and sneak him out of town, away from Emily, where he can be safe. It's likely you could end up with Wonderland. But we at Legion, we favor contingency plans. Braintree. Peabody. The Underground. Lowell. Rivia. Hanson. Guys, food truck. This is This is This is Greater Boston. This week in Greater Boston, episode 48. Hey, that's our theme song. Ethan Bespin was hard at work. That hardly needs to be said now, does it? Ethan Bespin is always hard at work. But never before has he had a project of this scale to throw himself into. Even the animatronics of his reimagined Wonderland were a humbler endeavor than the roboticization of an entire transit system slash municipality. Not to suggest that Redline could ever replace Wonderland in Ethan's heart, but Wonderland was lost. While Redline was an extraordinary professional achievement, it was exactly the kind of success that opened doors to new possibilities, new opportunities. A city first to make my name renowned, for fame ensnares a cloud like fish in ice. I'll squeeze the fish, the bones will feed my friends. Well said. Commerce fuels the factory, if not Wonderland, then Sumland else. Please stand back from the doors. Oliver cautiously enters Ethan's next stop. Finally graded Parmesan vanished in a subway tunnel. Hello? What the blazes? If the bodies strewn about this place weren't so clearly more cheese robots, this scene would be deeply distressing, rather than just moderately distressing. Where is that dingbat engineer amidst all these things? A fish unfit for school should be expelled, but Oliver will gladly wear the cap. When grades are curved, he still can't ring the bell. And yet, he grasps the worm of my desire. A nibble taunts to swim or bite the hook. Hello? But having bit, I'd drag him out to sea. Ethan. I'd love to watch him drown. Ethan had a dozen or more projects in progress simultaneously, each ready for him to resume on a moment's whim. 
There were machines everywhere, tools laying carelessly atop workbenches, protruding from overstuffed toolboxes, lying on the floor even. Some of those tools were quite sharp. Was it too much to hope that the erstwhile publisher might trip and skewer himself, thus removing himself from Ethan's list of ongoing irritants? Are you here? Huh. I didn't see you down behind that large, uh... Is that Gouda? Gouda, Dutch origin, a creamy yellow cow's milk cheese. Oliver paused, now approaching Andrew's station, expecting some response. It's a ghost delivers. No response was needed. Ethan was satisfied that the cheese bot had spoken for him. Yes. Well, I've come to tell you about some recent... Uh, I don't suppose you've been following the news lately. About the trial. Red line open air courtyard at Andrews Station. Trial of Nico Stamatis concluded. Verdict. Guilty. Damn it. Damn it. Oh. Ah. Uh, your robot seems to have... A positronic rind of prior mind. I need the brain, but still must pluck the pith. Oh, that sounds unpleasant. I'll have it clean soon enough, with tweezers if necessary. You can't your verdict, verdict line. Can't just verdict guilty. Peel my mind from my brain. Guilty. The same thing. Prior mind? I don't understand. Didn't you build the robot's mind yourself? The innovator's inspiration eats, digests, and synthesizes. Thus he builds. Biomimetic tech is done to death. Phantasmimetic tech is death undone. Imagine Wonderland reborn with spectral cheese savants ensnared to power bots. But trains will do until the corpus yields. The jargon of phantasmamesis. Stop. Oliver, don't let this go. Beggars can't penetrate Ethan's syntactic obfuscation. And then he got there. Oh dear God. Are you suggesting that your robots are harnessing the mind of... of a ghost? But how on earth... Oh. Oh no. The crystal ball. Ada's favorite is the blue box, but he knows you don't like it. Leon Stamatis. You have the spirit of Leon Stamatis entwined in the brains of your cockamamie cheese people. But why? Affinity for trains, affinity for clocks, a mind well-trained for scheduling. The man half-bought was built for plug-and-play. A destiny writ in the genes shown through. I am not a robot. However rigid the man may have been in his personal habits, he was most certainly not a robot. What if he resists? Have you considered the risks? I hold his leash. He can pull as he likes, but he'll never get farther than I allow. He died of terror. A terror of speed and movement and chaos. And that's who you have embodying an entire network of trains? And still the fish attempts to train the shark. The litany of nope presages threats. Delete the nopes and chaos is curtailed. But tell me what you came to say. Then leave. Ah, I... Uh, I'm afraid there's been a... Well, something of a setback regarding Wonderland. Ugh, a dream purloined with bait and switches sunk. Another shore awaits my priceless gifts. I'll take New York on Legion's dime and thrive. They've gifted me the Coney Island Park. 
The deed is done. Indeed, the deed is signed. You're leaving? You can't leave. My whole arrangement rests on... That statement can't possibly find purchase on any mountain I care to climb. Mm, yes. An excess of empathy is certainly not among your failings. Nor yours unless you aim to disappoint. But didn't you just say the only thing keeping the cheese robots from imploding was your own intervention? I'll cut my bait before the fish is flayed and hoist my sail with Cheesebot version 2. But that is not for you or her or here or now. That reaped reward will feed my Coney Isle. I'm done talking to you. Get out. Mallory was back down in the tunnels and back from the doors. Started at Wonderland. They hadn't found but saw more weird rats closer to the center of the cities. I still don't entirely get how I'm supposed to tell a weird rat from a normal rat. A normal rat might watch you, but it's not going to watch you, you know? Like, there's a difference between wary and interested. And check how they hold their arms. Like, a rat will stand up on its hind legs and have its arms ready, but kind of held out from their body like a Tyrannosaurus. They don't rest their paws on their hips, and they sure as fuck don't gesture while they talk. Also, I'd swear I saw one wearing a tiny hat. Like, one of those corduroy numbers with a snap brim? I don't know, dude, maybe I imagined it, but I am not prone to hallucinations. Got it? Uh, I guess. Look, how about this? If you see a rat doing anything at all that you wouldn't normally expect a rat to do, just tell me. I can do that. Crossing Boylston Station, odd looks as they emerged from the tunnel. This is a Braintree train. Ambled along Braintree tunnel on the opposite side. Just act like you belong exactly where you are and no one will question it. Announcing yourself is less suspicious than trying to go unnoticed. Sometimes you just gotta go through, tromping along like an elephant. My dude, I get what you're saying. But an elephant is not the fucking metaphor you want there. I just mean they're loud. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I'm telling you, you've bought into some Hollywood bullshit about the anatomy of elephant feet. They're always thundering around like a drunk Cyberman trying to fuck an empty wheelbarrow. They're not like that at all. If an elephant actually came up behind you, you wouldn't even know it. Cartoons think it's hysterical to show an elephant trying to sneak around by walking on their tippy toes. But my dude, that is literally how they actually walk all the fucking time. The only part of their foot bones that touch the ground is their toes. Their heel is way up on a mountain of squashy gristle so that its feet don't shatter under all the elephant weight. It's like walking around with six inches of memory foam strapped to your shoes. Elephants move like fucking ninjas. But in documentaries... Documentaries lie, dude. Most of the sound in documentaries is recorded at the zoo. They can't get good sound recordings in the wild. Like, camera dudes have long-range lenses that let them invade a couple of unsuspecting zebra's sexy fun times from half a mile away. Sound doesn't work that way. You have to get real close for sound, but nobody's gonna put a lapel mic on a fucking wild lion, so they record the video and add sound later. Half of it is made up, because like, the average dumb fuck watching Animal Planet in his underwear while he gets high is gonna think he's already tripping if he sees an elephant walk around all quiet. It's not what we expect, so it feels wrong. In order to make it feel right, they have to make it actually wrong. So they put in the sound we expect elephants' feet to make instead of the sound they actually make, which is like, nothing at all. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for the lesson. Happy to fucking help. Hey, where are you going? Just checking something out. There used to be an out-of-commission A-line car here on the sidetrack. A-line? There's no A-line. Not anymore, but there used to be. And for years, I thought it was still active because I knew I'd seen an A-line train. Nika and I used to argue about it all the time. 
Dimitri, there's no A-train. But Nika, I saw the A-train. You can't have seen an A-train, they don't exist. But it wouldn't even make sense. How could you have a B, C, D, and E-train, but no A-train? They're not just going to start at B. Huh. I never thought about that. It was a streetcar, and just didn't work with modern traffic or something, so they shut it down. But there still used to be this one derelict car down by Boylston for some reason. Eventually, Leon figured out where I'd seen it, and we were able to put that argument to rest. So who won? We both did. Or neither of us did. It was always like that. Somehow, every time Leon settled one of our arguments, it always turned out we were both right. He sounds like he was an infuriatingly good guy. Hey, you okay? Sure. You know, you're still going through what you're going through, and that's totally normal. If you want to talk about Leon, I'm here for it. I like your Leon stories. I think I could have used someone like him in my life. Thanks. It's just... finding out that Gemma's had him, had him the whole time, and it's so important that I get him back right now, and honestly, it's what I should be doing right now. But it's also really complicated and hard to explain in a way that makes sense, and I have no idea how to handle it, so... So you did what you do, and ran off into a subway tunnel to look for mystery rats instead. Yeah. Train. You take this nook, I'll grab the one across. Cool. See you on the other side. Once the tunnel was safe, Mallory stepped out from her crevice, but found... Oh, what the squatty potty rainbow bullshit is this? Dimitri, you absolutely better not have just vanished in a subway tunnel. Dimitri had, in fact, just vanished in a subway tunnel. Yo, scent wipe! Well, fuck me. So much was coming together. The strange calendar entries the robots peppered into their speech. The idiosyncratic glitches and comments. It all tied back to Leon Stamatis. Potential ramifications will close and reopen. But what do I do with this information? If he'd worked with pure parapsychology, I might at least have some hope of untangling it. But he had to go and muddy the waters by fusing it with all that digital intratubes mumbo-jumbo. I don't have the knowledge to fix the problem. I haven't the first clue how to separate apparition from apparatus. I suppose there's nothing else for it, then. I'm going to have to pay a visit to the man in charge. Oh, it sounds like I can expect a guest. I guess I'd better tidy up a bit. I do pride myself on being a memorable host. If you wouldn't mind taking over for a bit, Mr. Stamatis, I'll meet you both back at the office. But how to play this? How can I... Ah, blast it. Everything relied on Wonderland. But Philip has torn the whole plan to shreds. What the blazes was he thinking? I gave him clear, simple instructions. All he had to do was follow them. Stamatis goes to prison, Wonderland goes to Ethan, Ethan goes to Bespin, Redline goes to Legion, and I go... Home. Next stop, South Station. Was Providence still... I go back to my family. But my bargaining chip is gone. So how to deal with him? Well, I'm certainly bringing him vital information right now. And... And while I may not understand the technology, who else can offer him skills in managing a spectral presence? No one. That's what I can offer. How can I save the deal? I'll promise to 
to unravel the ghost mind from the network mind. Somehow... Hey, buddy, you want a colon with the monologuing? Some of us like a little peace and quiet on our commute. Uh, ah, <laughs> yes. Very well. My apologies. Please stand back from the doors to allow passengers to exit before boarding. The periodic intercom. To allow passengers to exit. Most were coherent. 1.47 p.m. 1.47 p.m. Central Square. Central Square. Next stop. Next stop. Kendall MIT. Kendall MIT. Predictable. 1.50 p.m. 1.50 p.m. Kendall MIT. Kendall MIT. Next stop. Next stop. Charles MGH. Charles MGH. Scheduled. 1.56 p.m. 1.56 p.m. Charles MGH. Charles MGH. Mass General Hospital. Mass General Hospital. Next stop, Park Street. Now and then, something cryptic, ominous, came blaring. 1.59 p.m. Cryptic, ominous. Now you're just toying with me. Next stop, Downtown Crossing. Next stop, Downtown Crossing. Well, here we are. I think perhaps I will rely more on taxi cabs in the future. Ah, good, he's nearly here. Leon, do be a mention. Prod him along to the elevator, would you? I have quite an important meeting to attend after this. Didn't need prompting. From the yellow line. Distaste for the man. Out of service. The chore behind him. Well, that's hardly charitable. You'd think he doesn't appreciate my hospitality. Come in, Mr. West! You could at least wait until after I've knocked to respond. You must realize that to do otherwise comes across as rather distinctly creepy, don't you? I do indeed. Please, make yourself comfortable. What makes you feel most like your real or best self? Hmm. That's a good question. Listening to music. Nothing else. Making stuff. Sitting down with a really good playlist or really good podcast and illustrating slash animating slash writing for like a stretch of four to eight hours. That makes me feel fucking awesome. I had to go on disability and I felt like I was no longer playing a lead role in my own life. That I'm now playing a supportive role in the lives of those around me. I was surrounded by kids. My father had just moved in with us. And I said, I'm going to start a podcast. As soon as I hit record, I'm here and I'm with it and I'm doing the thing again. And I'm not somebody's mother. I'm not somebody's partner. I'm not the person who got sick. I'm myself. I still have things to say. I still have relevancy in the world. When I'm playing D&D and being someone else, there's just something about improvising a performance as a completely different personality that is very fun for me. And I think it's because I do it a lot. I'm autistic. And so when I'm in like a lot of social situations, I kind of subconsciously mask my autism. And in a way that is performing as somebody who I'm not but I'm sort of doing it on my own terms and in a very silly way and in a very fun way. So it's kind of taking something that usually I despise doing, but putting my own silly little twist on it. Talking to people, looking at their eyes and saying something that you believe and reading their reactions. That, that is the most enjoyable thing in my life. Pre 7 a.m. and it's just me and the morning light and I can drink some coffee or eat a little breakfast, or maybe watch some TV. That little bit of solitude is where I'm, I'm truly most myself. I have no obligation to be anybody for anybody. I just have this little golden hour. When I'm able to help people, 
That's why I was a person who's like always smiling. I just feel like a smile can change somebody's attitude and day. It feels great knowing that I made an impact to somebody, no matter if it's small or big. It's just knowing that I made a difference. Um, it's when I come through on something, when I do something that I didn't think that I could. When I prove to myself that I can live up to my values even when it's really difficult. I've never been in this tunnel. Been in a lot, but this isn't familiar. It's a weird one. How so? Barely connects to Red Line. I found it on accident one day, a long time ago before all this, when I went tagging with friends who are into graffiti. You're an artist? Eh, I can do some design work okay, but I was never good with the spray can. I just like to hang out with this crew that did it, and they took me down here one day and we're tagging a wall, goofing off, one of them was throwing around a football and it slipped out of someone's hands after a bad pass, smashed right against this boarded up wall. Naturally, we were curious and we checked it out. Connects red line with the blue line. It's the only thing I know that does. So we're in red line now? Not yet. I'll let you know when we are and we'll have to shut up. Sure. Why are you doing this? Why wouldn't I? I got you locked up, kid. I literally climbed into your apartment and hid beans under your bed. I framed you. Have you ever been to jail? No. Well, thanks to you, I have. And I don't really think anyone should go. My dad went to jail. My dad died in jail. Do you remember him? No. I, I was way too young. My mom would tell stories about him, but... She got older, the stories turned more bitter, so eventually I just asked not to hear them anymore. My favorite memory of my dad is, is this time he took me fishing on the Charles. We caught zero fish, but ate these delicious fried egg bulkies from Grumpy Whites that made the whole trip worth it. We had to whisper so we wouldn't scare the fish that weren't there anyway. Even if they were, we'd throw them back. Nobody in their right mind eats any fish coming from that dirty water. I asked him if we could do this forever, and he said yes. I asked him if he would love me forever. He said yes. I asked him if he would be around forever. And he said yes. Two years later, he died of prostate cancer. I'm sorry, man. I used to think it was a lie. And maybe to him it was. And that used to piss me off a little after he was first gone. But that memory is there in thousands like it's swimming up for nibbles like the tiny fish we never caught. So I like to think of it differently. If I ever have a kid, we'll get fried egg bulkies and fish on the Charles. And I'll tell them that story. And hopefully that keeps happening for as long as we're around. Hopefully, I take my dad's lie, the only thing he could really say to me in that moment, and I pass it along until it becomes some kind of truth. Mm, so not to be selfish, but where does that leave me? Why did he go to jail? He was a thief. Well, you have two choices. You can honor him by following in his footsteps, or... I think he'd want me to go another way. 
And there you go. We're getting close now. Past those gates, we'll have to run up when it's time for your train to come. If we run into any cheese buckets, I can run interference. If we get separated, our contact will look for you at South Station. Just give them the passphrase and they'll take it from there. Hmm. Okay. Where will you go from there? I'm not sure yet. Someplace new. Someplace... someplace good. No doubt. Don't worry. I won't let you get caught again. I don't need interference. I've got this. Are you sure? I'm sure. If we see cheese bots, just cut me loose. You've done more than enough. Please, make yourself comfortable. That invitation is traditionally accompanied by the presence of chairs? Chairs? Bah. Never had any use for the things. I'm quite certain that you had a chair the first time I came here. Appearances, Mr. West. So much of what we call life is all about appearances. I suppose chairs would rather clash with the present decor. Is that a herd of giraffes? Where are we this time? The Velt! And do be mindful of the lions. They're sneaky little bastards. Well, rather large bastards, actually, but, but sneaky is the key detail that I mean to highlight. Along with carnivorous. E- yes. Lions. And I'm afraid prey has been rather sparse for them this season. I've been watching for days and haven't seen them take a good meal yet. Disappointing for me, but positively devastating for them. The poor dears. They, they don't often go for human prey, but under these circumstances, you'd hardly be more than a snack for them. But they're hardly in a position to turn down whatever small morsel might be on offer, now are they? It's a terrible thing to have needs, but no power to fulfill those needs oneself. To rely on the caprice of others. Whether the migration patterns of pack animals, or simply the whims of people in a higher position of power. Must be unimaginably frustrating. I certainly understand that you must be upset about the outcome of the Stomatis trial. Oh, not at all. The verdict handed down was exactly the one I'd hoped for. Yes, that... No, I, I mean the other... The incident with Phil giving away Wonderland. Yes, that was a surprising turn of events. Oh, and as I recall, the loss of Wonderland nullifies the entirety of our own arrangement, doesn't it? Ah, it's a good thing that you reminded me. I need to submit the request to issue you your formal death certificate and sever all connections to your former life once and for all. But my family... will miss you deeply, I'm sure. That's a lie, of course. But I feel it's my role to offer you some degree of consolation in these circumstances. I, I still have value. I was hoping that we might... That we might renegotiate for some alternative service of dubious value, of course. This is what's called the bargaining stage. You should be proud you've made it to the third stage quite quickly. Uh, and I do enjoy a nicely manipulative bargain. So let me describe the morsel that's on offer for you today. I am willing to offer you a brief but imprecisely delineated period of anxious uncertainty. I 
don't quite feel I grasp what that means, or why I would want it. It means I'm doing nothing for now. And once I feel satisfied that you've sufficiently suffered from waiting in ignorance, I'll do something. Option one. I will call you with an idea of how you might remain useful to me. Option two. I will wait until I see a particularly ironic and entertaining moment to drop the guillotine. I'll be honest, option two is by far the more likely, but the possibility of option one, a possibility without any promise, that is my gift to you. You're right, of course. I'm not in a position to turn down the uh, morsel on offer. But I absolutely do have further utility to your schemes. In fact, I'm here now because I've just met with our disagreeable collaborator in his laboratory, and I've made a rather distressing discovery about the nature of his methods. Oh no, a distressing discovery in our line of work? I can appreciate why that idea elicits an ironic tone. However, I fear that we have made a serious miscalculation that could undermine much of what we've achieved. By all means, and with sincerity this time, I'd like to hear your concerns. All ears are on you. The network of robots. We know that they function as a sort of hive mind, each individual unit drawing on the same core, uh, computer thing, I suppose. A thousand bodies... A single artificial mind. Hmm. A hive mind. Yes. Uh, Mr. Bespin hasn't put it in those terms as yet, but in some regards, you are more perceptive than he. Except, it turns out that the mind is not so artificial as we'd assumed. You may find what I'm about to tell you difficult to believe, but I must assure you, it is quite true. You are aware that for some time Bespin was in possession of a crystal ball, which had entrapped the spirit of a man who died some years ago. Leon Stamatis, yes, we're quite well acquainted. You are? I have regular chats with the dearly departed. I wouldn't say we're friends. Uh, certainly not. But I think you could say we're professional colleagues of a sort. No, I wouldn't say that either. That is unexpected, but it saves time in the explanation. The point is, Bespin has somehow fused the consciousness of Leon Stamatis into the Cheesebot Hive mind. It has tapped directly into Stamatis's thoughts. Every one of those robots is susceptible to the same self-destructive impulse that... Drove Mr. Stamatis to die on a children's ride. Yes, I understand. Without Bespin, they may very well nope themselves into oblivion. No need to rehash. I was listening the first time you had this conversation. Excellent. But that's where I come in. My expertise in managing supernatural phenomena will allow me to do the work of extracting the mind from the machines. What, whatever for? To... to not have train crashes? I don't mind train crashes. Do you really think that will halt the growth of Redline? 
That subway line broke down, derailed, and smelled of smoke practically daily prior to our takeover. Even an escalator managed to injure a dozen people when it suddenly reversed direction and threw all its passengers down to the bottom. I'll grant, those incidents rarely caused serious injury, escalator incident aside, but they happened constantly. Compared to that, the occasional lethal catastrophe will still be a pleasant change, so long as the system as a whole continues running punctually and reliably. People will tisk tisk the tragedy, then happily go back to their luxury car apartments and enjoy their wealth. No harm, no foul. That sounds like quite a lot of harm, actually. And therein lies our opportunity. The trick is in predicting which train, what day, what station, the terminal glitch will strike. With that kind of advanced knowledge, so we could prevent the incidents. We could maneuver our most troublesome adversaries onto the trains just before the crash. Oh. It's an opportunity to clear the board, Mr. West. The Powells, the Linzer Coolidges, that whole clown troop of the underground. We could take them out of the game completely in one blink of an eye with those pesky resistance hooligans conveniently standing by to absorb the blame. Such a tragic accident it would be. So sad. And the truth is, I don't need any assistance from you for any of that. The backup plan has been in place for some time. It's not as though Redline itself is my ultimate goal. It's Bespin's technology that most interests me. Whether he perfects it in Wonderland or Coney Island makes no difference to me. I see. Do you? Sorry to trouble you. I'll show myself out. Good choice. Oh, and please do enjoy your period of anxious uncertainty. Quite. Train. You take this nook, I'll grab the one across. See you on the other side. What the heck? This rock feels weird. Not just loose, but kind of springy? Okay, let's see what happens if I... Secret door, right on! Let's see what we've got here. Hmm, more track. Dead ends at the wall with the door. Interesting. Nothing runs on this, obviously. Even if there was somewhere for it to go, the whole vibe just shouts, abandoned. No way! The old A-line car! I was just telling Mallory about you. And look at that, your door's open! If you're just gonna roll out a welcome mat like that, I might as well have a look around. Wow. It's a lot cleaner in here than I'd have thought. Seats are still in good condition. Ooh, still getting power, too. Lights, air conditioning. This would be a great place to camp out for a while. I've got to show Mallory. She's going to love this. So cool. Hey, pal, can you spare a nickel? Whoa! Who's that? Up here in the trolley. Oh, hey, where have you come from? Oh, I'm just here. I can't go anywhere. I was just in there. It was empty. Yeah, nobody ever sees me when they're on the trolley. They only see me through the window. I can't explain it. It's just part of the whole deal, I guess. People can't see you? Wait, are you saying you're a ghost? Something like that. 
Yep, name's Charlie. Charlie on the MTA. Wait, no. What? Charlie on the MTA? Like, from the song? Yep, that's me. I've been stuck on this train since 1949. That doesn't make any sense. That song wasn't about a real person. The exit fares weren't even in place yet when the song was written. If you're expecting me to explain it to you, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm just the ghost of a fictional working-class schmo who lives in a derelict Green Line trolley. I never know what the heck is going on. All I know is it's a damn shame old Walter O'Brien didn't win that election, but this whole exit fare nonsense would have got me stuck here. Wasn't it George O'Brien? Not to those Kingston boys recorded it. Walter got blacklisted after the Red Scare. They changed the name of the song because Boston didn't like hearing anyone make a local hero out of a communist. Not that he was actually a communist, but you know, close enough is close enough. In any case, I'm stuck here until someone pays my way off. My wife tried, but the songwriters never gave her the nickel she needed. Just sandwiches to pass me through the window. Which is something, I guess. I mean, I've still got to see my wife. Up until they took the car to service, anyway. So how about it, buddy? You got a nickel you can spare? I'm sorry. I don't have any money on me. Would a nickel even do it, though? The system hasn't run on regular coins in decades. Yeah, I know. I should probably be asking for a token, but it's not how I was written, you know? But how about it? You got a token on you? Nah. The trains haven't run on tokens in, like, 15 years now, either. And I don't think this train will know what to do with my parole pass. Oh, and I've still got my old Charlie card, but I think this train's too old for even that. A what? Prole pass? Like, proletariat? You get them from the Vicky machines. No, 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 the other one. A Charlie card. Oh, yeah. They named it after you. Got a picture of you on it and everything. Here, look. That's supposed to be me. In a suit and tie. You kidding me? What do they think, I was some kind of banker or something? The song doesn't really say what kind of work you did. Could have been anything. Look, son. Do you think some banker is ever going to be so hot up for a nickel that he got trapped in a trolley car? There's a little something called context clues, you know? I mean, that's the whole point of the song and O'Brien's campaign promise. It's about equity. It's about how the people who needed the subway most couldn't afford to keep using it with the fare hikes. And for that, they ran O'Brien out of town, took his name out of his own campaign song. He went back to Maine and became a school librarian. Not that that's such a tragic fate or anything, Frank Capper's thoughts on the subject notwithstanding. I always thought Donna Reed looked cute in her spectacles and that little hat. Even based my wife on her. Think her missus on the MTA had some kind of gainful employment if she was able to bring me those sandwiches. The library seemed like a nice place for her, but what do I know? I'm just a specter of a bastardized, agit-prop campaign song. Speaking of which, you wouldn't have a sandwich, would you? It's been a few years since the last time I had anything to eat. No sandwich, sorry. I've got some gogurt, though, if you want it. Gogurt, huh? Well, I guess beggars can't be choosers. Give it here. Yo, set wipe! Down here. Did you seriously stumble-fuck your way into a secret subway tunnel? I told you, it usually works. Gotta come back for me. I knew you'd figure it out. Made more sense to just start investigating. Found a, uh, okay. Um, Mallory, this is Charlie. He's, well, he's a ghost. Hey, dude, how's it going? You know, same old, same old. Eternally trapped in the MTA. Unless you happen to have a nickel you could spare. Sorry, Charlie, but no. Whose grandmother do you think I am? They even still make those? Wow. You're not surprised that I just introduced you to a ghost. Nah, dude. These tunnels are haunted as fuck. Haven't I told you about the potato lady I met down here? I don't think you have, no. Well, that's a fucking oversight we're gonna fix right quick. But that's for the walk back. Before we go, let's see if there's any sign of the weird rats in the weird-ass hidden tunnel. Oh, you're in the right place for weird rats. Never seen rats like the ones I've been seeing the last couple years. Yeah? In here? Sure. Really, it's that other tunnel system they got that really gets me. 
Like they built their own set of hidden passages, just for the rats. Got openings all over. One right across the way there. Over here? I don't see anything. You wouldn't. It's closed up now. The door only opens if one of the rats is going in or out. Interesting. Sounds like we've got some staking out to do. We'd better get some equipment together. Let's get out of here and put together a plan. Sounds good. All right, Charlie. Guess we'll be back. Yeah? You think you could bring me a sandwich? Egg salad, maybe? Sure thing. In fact, I think I could probably do even better than that. Just hang tight, okay? Sure. Sure, I ain't going nowhere. You ready for this? Yeah. The rendezvous you requested is happening at Downtown Crossing. From there, you'll only have until South Station. And that's a real short trip. Make your goodbyes quick. I appreciate you doing this. On top of everything else. Family's important. I get it. Now in about 30 seconds, we're going to reach the platform. Our doors will be opening at the same time as the southbound train on the other side. Don't go right away. We want to get into the other car just before those doors close. So anyone who sees us won't have a chance to follow. I'll count. Three, two, one, go. Go when I say go. Got it. Okay. Here it comes. 9.13 p.m. Now arriving Park Street Station. Wait for it. Wait. Three, two, one, go! Woo! Wow, this is nice. Whose car apartment is this? You don't need to know that. Fair enough. Hey, uh, I just about people in jail. Um, Nika Stamatis? Mm-hmm. She never knew the part about framing you. She didn't agree to that. And I don't think she would have. Yeah? I know. I watched the whole trial. Right. It's just... If there's a chance to help her like you're helping me, she's the one who actually deserves it. If I happen to run into her, I'll be sure to tell her you said so. Right. Next stop, downtown crossing. Okay. This is it. You'll only have from this stop to the next, so say what you need to say. Got it. 9.16 p.m., Downtown Crossing. Hey, Uncle Ollie. Philip, I've asked you a thousand times. Call me... (sighs) What's the use? Call me whatever you like. You've earned that right, I suppose. Next stop, South Station. This is it, Uncle Ollie. I'm leaving for good. I'm getting out of Redline. Getting out? Well, that's all well and good for you, isn't it? You can just run away from all of this and go play your television games without a care in the world. While I stay here trying to find some way to clean up the aftermath of the mess that you've made. A mess you don't even know the scale of. Uh Uh-huh. Uncle Ollie, this is Isaiah. Isaiah Powell. Oh. Uh, uh, Oh. Are you... Are you here to capture me? No. Not what I do, little man. He's helping me. Uh, but but why? Is this... Is this what they promised you in exchange for Wonderland? Nobody promised me anything. I gave up Wonderland because that's what I wanted to do. He did that for his own reasons. And I'm doing this for mine. Not everything is a transaction. I hope you're not expecting me to apologize to him. No, not what I planned. Still... 
it's an option. I don't think it would mean very much. Not to me. It might mean something to you, though. If you really mean it. Philip, what you did with Wonderland... I know. I fucked everything up for you. But why? I never thought you capable of such betrayal. I didn't betray you. I just didn't do what you wanted me to do. It's not the same thing. What I want is supposed to matter, too. You gave me orders and just assumed I'd follow every one. But I don't have to do that. I never had to do that. All I really did was just... figure that out. Do you understand what you've cost me? What about what you've cost me? I'm not the person I want to be. You... You did so much for me when I was little. You and Aunt Autumn both. You've raised me. You loved me. I know you did. I lost my parents, but you never let me feel like I lost my family. I've always been grateful for that. Maybe... Maybe more grateful than a kid should ever have to be. Because I never stopped feeling like I need to keep paying you back and paying you back. I've tried so hard to be the person you want me to be so I can take care of you while you do all this bullshit that you do. But Uncle Ollie, I don't like that person. And I can't keep taking care of you. You're not my responsibility anymore. I thought you were supposed to be my responsibility. I'm not sure that ever just goes in one direction. 9.21 p.m. Now arriving at South Station. This is it. Goodbye, Uncle Ollie. Hello. I am codenamed Volga. I'm Huey. The chicken came to a crosswalk. Kurica prešla porugu. Confirmed. All right, Phil. This is your stop. Thank you. And... Sorry again. Take care of yourself, man. You too, Isaiah. Please get in suitcase. Once bag is closed, do not squirm or make fuss, or I will have to give you very good kick so you do not call attention. I will load you onto Amtrak for trip to Providence. Your tetia, Autumn, will be waiting to claim your baggage. See you around, Uncle Oliver. Good to go. Okay. Dosvidania. Philip! Nope. You stay here. Next stop, Broadway. See you around. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with help from T.H. Ponders, Bob Rimunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This episode was written by Alexander Danner with Jeff Van Driesen and sound designed by Alexander Danner. Dialogue editing by Bob Rimunda. Portions of this episode were recorded at the Bridge Sound and Stage with recording engineers Javier Lam and Alex Allenson. This episode featured Alexander Danner as the narrator. Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin and Cheese Robots, Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis and Cheese Robots, Mike Linden as Oliver West and some dude on the train, James Johnston as Dimitri Stamatis, Joanna Bodnick as Mallory, Michael Melia as Philip West, Mario DeRosa Jr. as Isaiah Powell, Tanya Milojevich as Yelena Sergevich, with special appearance by Eric Malinsky as Charlie on the MTA. Eric hosts the wonderful podcast Imaginary Worlds, a show about how we create them and why we suspend our disbelief. 
We hope you'll check it out. Charlie on the MTA recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiedi. Hanged Man and Charlie on the MTA alternate version recorded by Adrienne Howard, Emily Peterson, and Dirk Tiedi. For news and updates, you can sign up for our newsletter. Link in the show notes. You can support Greater Boston on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. Greater Boston is a Third Sight Media production. What, Jeff? What do you want? Hi, my name's Oliver West, and I'm the rootin'est, tootin'est cowboy in the whole dang wonderland. My voice is an old staircase in a haunted house. He died of terror. A terror of speed and movement and trains. No, that's not the word. I'm going to start over. What is this, yogurt on the go? I guess. I go back to my family. But my god, my bad, my, why is that a hard line to say? It's not a difficult word. A fish unfit for school should be expelled, but Oliver will gladly wear the cap when graves are, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I was looking at the word, and I was like, I just have to not say graves, and now I, and then I was like, fuck, why? Okay. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I've sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I, um, <laughs> lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt... He had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me? What the f***? Who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.